The opinions and statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management. Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time, and she's Stacey Mitchell, and we've got special guest Steve Bazzagani, and we all work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're streaming live on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. And there is a lot of real estate news this week, probably more than normal. So I'm, I'm sure everyone's super excited about that that's listening. But we're, we're going to dig in right away, and we're going to start with what the Fed did last week. So the big news coming out was that the Fed had their meeting last week, like they normally do as scheduled, and they raised the key interest rate a half of a percentage point, which is the highest rate increase since 1981. And a lot of people are reacting. We've got expert opinions we're going to unpack. We've got consumer opinions we're going to unpack. So for the three of you sitting here, we're dealing with consumers. We're hearing the news in real time. What does it all mean? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I would say um, for buyers, it's certainly being posed a lot. What does what does this mean for um, for my payment? So we have to recalculate those out. Um depending on when they last would have gotten their pre-approval. Um, I'm typically recommending that they speak to their lender again just to, to get all of those numbers figured out so that you have that um, up front and you know you know what you're working with. Um, and I have also had other people that have said that they kind of want to back away, which I know we've talked about um, what that can mean, but I've, there's been a reaction to it for sure. Yeah, that there's also the on the flip side of that there's the sellers which basically is like okay, maybe with this tick up in in interest rates it might be you your house might not be as worth as as much as it used to and it, you can't just throw it up on the market and get whatever the heck you want whenever you want now because now buyer power is weakened with the increase in the rate. So now it's like hey, maybe you might want to have some consideration when you throw this thing up on the market. Maybe don't just slap a price tag on it and see what the heck happens. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, for the sellers, it's definitely their pool of buyers could be reduced, um, and they have to kind of come to terms with the reality of the market and and not be way aggressive as as we've been seeing. Um, there are houses that are sitting longer, and and some folks are able to even get inspections, right, Steve? Yes. And um, <laughs> and for buyers, definitely, um, your buying power uh, potentially is reduced. So I know it's been a wake-up call for some of my clients that I've been working with. Um, it puts them into a totally different, uh, either a smaller house um, or, I should say, a, a lesser <laughs> a lesser home that they were anticipating. Um, and if, they, if you were a client that decided to wait since last year because you wanted the market to cool, um, you have really um, limited your opportunity at this point. So... And if you're considering waiting until further, <laughs> I, I don't advise that at this point because the rates are only going to go up. So your buying power is is going to continue to be reduced. But well, what you said something there pretty interesting, Stacy, and you know Steve, you did as well, and and Sarah. It's like we've talked about it all. Like people knew this was coming, and the thing about this is that this wasn't unexpected. This was kind of what people projected, and what we saw the market do right after the announcement. Rates didn't jump up. They already kind of predetermined it in their pricing because the, the Fed doesn't set the key interest rate. And a lot of people expected this. This was 
kind of what was what was supposed to happen. Um, what we also know is that Black Knight, who is one of those financial firms that makes predictions and 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 you know give, gives financial advice. They stated that they this is going to place housing affordability at its worst since 2006. And what what I know is that because housing affordability is a lot higher right now. I mean, you've all had clients that had to kind of like readjust their budget, right? They weren't they they were they were looking up to maybe X and now they have to go like X minus 10%. Is that fair fair statement? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the thing that real estate agents should be doing and all the consumers that are listening it might be time to start looking at adjustable rate mortgages again. I mean, we, we just talked about this, I think it was last week, with uh, one of our uh, lenders that we work with, and we've heard about it from our real estate coaches, that the 10-year arm may now be something that, especially those first-time buyers that kind of got priced out of the market, they're going to need to look at, instead of, I want a 30-year fixed loan at 3 point whatever percent, that's gone. That's, that doesn't exist anymore. Has anyone, any of your clients actually like explored an arm? Have you had those conversations with them yet? What's that like? Because this is the hardest part to me, in the market is when you think you can afford something and then it just changes literally within days. I mean, we, we've all been through this. Well, I actually had a conversation with one of my clients about an arm. So um, I think it 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 kind of piqued their interest because uh, it's going to allow them to stay searching in the same price point that they um, you know were searching in. Uh, they want to investigate it more. They're going to talk to their lender and find out more information. But I was really glad that I had that information that I could share with them at that time. Did they go with it or, or not ha- yet? Okay, they're still exploring. Are they mm-hmm. are they open to it? They're open to it. Yeah, especially the ten one for the ten years. Um, of course, the concern is, but they're they're going. They plan to buy their next house and stay there. Okay. So that you know, I think that is going to be helpful for them if they can get into an arm, you know, with the ten year. Well, it's a way to get in because, I mean, who knows what happens with rates down the line, but the fact that you can get into a home, I mean, right now mm-hmm. the, the win is getting a house, getting right? A house, is that, yeah. I mean, is that fair to say? So mm-hmm. are, are you guys running into this? Have you had these conversations with anybody? Me personally, I have not yet. And and, and maybe because me personally, I'm also more of a conservative financially per, financial person. I'm so, with you. So <laughs> I, I, I like to try to avoid risk as much as possible. So like, and one of the best hedges against inflation is a fixed rate asset. Mm-hmm. So Having a fixed rate for 30 years, no matter what happens to the uh, the interest rate, you're not going to have to deal with a change in that rate interest rate, which is, you know, right now dealing with it. Like my wife and I bought a house last year, uh, 3.1 or 3% flat, but like literally less than 12 months later, it's at five and a half, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, two and a half points higher. Like because it's fixed, it's like, I don't care really for me, but like for buyers, it's, you know, I don't. I just don't advise them either. So for me, I'm not having that conversation yet anyway but to, to, to do the adjustable rates. You got something I want to come back to in a second, how you're working, you're targeting different properties for your buyers because of the terms they want. Um, yeah. Sarah, I know you've run into this with a couple people, right? And uh, I mean, how's the conversation going? Do you mean for the, the arm? Like, hey, rates went up and you can't afford what you thought. What do we want to do? Yeah. Um, I've had it go a couple of different directions, um, including, you know, people that have, you know, said they want to back away for a little bit, at which point I kind of gave them the breakdown of, of what that looks like. Um, in terms of conversations about the 10-year arm, I've had one. It was uh, with Eric. We're thinking about me. Okay. <laughs> We're well, like talking tell, tell about maybe doing this. it. This is really interesting. Yeah. So maybe so, give everyone some perspective because you're going through a home purchase and a rehab and, and a lot of moving parts here. Timing was just <laughs> yes. phenomenal. So yeah, we went under contract um, earlier this year. Rates were still pretty low. Um, but we purchased a home that we are doing like a complete renovation to. 
Um, so we are doing a construction limb. So with that, you don't switch over to your regular um, yeah, terms for your loan until the construction's completed. So during this time, rates have been hiking up. Also, the cost of doing work and all appliances and everything has been going up. But um, so and managing it. Yes. So oh. we're uh, looking at hopefully like a early July for everything to be completed with the house. And as we were having these uh, conversations last week about the adjustable rate mortgage, uh, we've been talking about it a little bit. I don't think we've really landed on anything yet. I think um, just, you know, running some more numbers and kind of figuring out. I mean, what is good is if you have the right lender, um, they can go through and give you like worst case scenario. This is what this could look like. Um, if, you know, if rates, you know, nobody can predict exactly what they're going to do. But um, we haven't landed on anything yet, but that's that's the one conversation that I've had so far. <laughs> so how'd it go with Eric? What did he think? He was interested. He was like, all right, let's let's talk to Kevin. Okay. Well, I th- I, I, the smart and thing I was is, like, yeah, talk to Kevin. <laughs> well, I think that's a tough spot when you're like, I mean, I've been in, you talked about you and your wife buying a home last year. I've been through this. I mean, Bridget didn't even see the home that we bought before. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, I think there's a little bit of trust that's involved. Mm-hmm. And it depends on the relationship, right? Like, I don't, I don't know what your, how you guys operate, but there's always typically like one spouse that kind of handles like the money and all that Eric. stuff. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so that's kind of, I knew that going into this, right? So you're having him just go right to the source, which I think is really smart, but you're also taking your own advice, which a lot of realtors don't do. How many times have you seen a realtor, they know what they're supposed to do, but then they don't adjust the price on their house or they don't make mm-hmm. the bid that's going to win. You were in a multiple offer situation with the house that you bought um, yeah. down down in Jersey. Yeah. So I, I, I love that you're taking your own advice. And I think 95% of agents should just listen to this clip. <laughs> if they learn nothing else from this show, do what you think you're supposed to do and advise yourself the same way. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I was my own hardest client. I was like literally the worst client I ever had, <laughs> basically. So tell us more. Well, like, because I was picky about things. I was like, you know, like, I'm telling my, like, for me, it's hard. Uh, one when of you're, those, huh? Yeah, I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible <laughs> client. Stacy <laughs> judged very hard there, yeah, I could tell. And, and quick. Do you see how that was? And she knew. Fast. <laughs> no, so I, for me, it was just like, you know, you're, we're picky about certain things. And, you know, my wife and I both have high standards. So we're both like, oh, well, I don't, we don't like this one. We're tossed this one. And so finally, when you find the right one, then it's like, then it then it's really bad because now my client is now my wife so it's like you better get this house <laughs> or, or else <laughs> so now i was like Out on the street, i have to go yeah. home to this client now yeah. so, so i better get my job done the right way yeah well when we were searching i was like well eric when we put in our first offer you've already signed the uh Buyer agency with me, so uh... <laughs> this supersedes the marriage vows and everything. <laughs> In court, it might. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Yes. Good stuff. All right. So, so we we're kind of starting, to, and, and this is something new. We just started talking about the past couple weeks. So, I, I knowing that rates went up, they were kind of factored into mortgages, and and I think that, and even Kevin Sutera and Kyle Sutera with Mortgage America kind of told people that when the Fed meeting was coming up. Now, I, I was in an interesting place last week. I was at the T360 Summit. We're going to talk about takeaways and breakdowns from that. at 16 CEOs back-to-back in like a interview-style format. A lot of them came out last week. A lot of these guys had earnings calls. So Zillow had an earnings call last week. EXP had an earnings call last week. All these major companies had earnings calls. And the theme from that, and this was right as the Fed was meeting, so all this stuff was happening at the same time, was that there's a good earnings season, does that foreshadow trouble ahead for the housing market? And Rich Barton actually went out and said specifically, I see a choppy market coming up here for the remainder of Q2 and the rest of this year. 
So what are you seeing on the front lines right now? Because I've got a clear opinion about this, but you're also out there working every day with buyers and sellers. What, what are you What are you three seeing? Anybody can go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so for for me, like, I guess for me, uh, I guess now is probably a good time to talk about what we talked about like this morning when yes. with um, uh, for a lot of buyers have certain situations and certain comfort levels when it comes to buying a house. So when it, I would say probably like. Uh, I'd say probably like 75% of buyers I'm working with don't want to waive a home inspection. So what I've been telling them, and Stacey, you and I are just talking about this mm-hmm. too, um, that if you want, like there's this market is a double-edged sword. So you can either choose to be chopped by the sword or you can choose to wield the sword. So if you want to be chopped by it, then you're going to be looking at homes that are a day or two on the market and they have where the sellers are not motivated to sell because they just went on mm-hmm. um, or – and and not only are they not motivated, they have every offer in the world to pick from. So they're they're super high competition and low motivation. That is a death blow to a buyer. Or you could wait and look for homes that are on the market twenty five to thirty days or more, and where those sellers like anything that's listed for more than a week in this market is considered stale, which is ridiculous to that's say out very loud. Very fair, very fair. Ridiculous to say out loud. Um, but that but now. In this market, seven days, 14 days or later, you're now wielding the sword as a buyer where you can say, hey, Mr. Scheller, you've been on the market for quite some time. So let's see uh, let's see a little bit off that purchase price, and I'm going to have my inspections. And you can get to have a conversation like the way things were normally before this whole craziness uh, with COVID and all that other stuff happened. So um, th- that's probably the best way. That's the way I've been advising buyers, and that's actually been working out really well because – it's it's more like dealing real estate. It's like doing real estate in a normal market versus a low inventory market, mm-hmm. so, which is actually more beneficial to the buyer. And then when it comes to dealing with the sellers, you just have to advise them properly. Like, hey, just so you know, interest rates are up. You need to price this thing appropriately. You can't just throw it on and get whatever the hell you want. Mm-hmm. Like, you just have to, you, you know, list it properly and put some thought into this. It is all about expectations and mm-hmm. how to. <laughs> Um, you know, best get your uh, clients' expectations in check. Sometimes it's a little difficult, though, in the beginning. Um, I have clients that I'm working with, and they have extremely high expectations. And it was presented, Steve and I were talking about it earlier, and um, it was presented to them to start looking at, quote, stale inventory, unquote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're not at that point yet. I guess they haven't lost enough offers yet. and um, mm-hmm. That's usually it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're not at DEF CON 10 Although they should be because it goes only... to 10. I thought it was only five. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there's 10. Now. Okay, five. Or maybe I'm, I'm they're kidding. at three. But they only have um, till June 14th to actually relocate. So they don't think they're at DEFCON 5. five. I am, I've been at DEFCON 5 for them because I know the market, for some reason, it's just hard to get through to some folks. And, and I told Steve, you know, sometimes they're their own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. So as a point of reference, Def- DEFCON 5 <laughs> is the least severe, and DEFCON 1 is most severe. Oh, so okay. they're okay. not at DEFCON 1 is what we're looking for. Oh, okay. Got it. I've been be at right DEFCON 1. They're, they're probably at DEFCON 4 thinking, la, la, la. You know, we can close I always thought it was the other time. way around. So did I. I. Yeah. This is just the, yeah. the magical revelation for me oh, right thanks. now to, to I hear learned this. something. <laughs> Thank you, Google. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not, right. not, not. Yes. All right. So Lawrence Yoon. He said this, and I'd love to get especially uh, Steve and Sarah's take because, Stacy, that you weren't even practicing real estate when this happened. So Lawrence June came out and said we're going to have like a unique recession because affordability is climbing, but prices are still going to climb as well. And he believes that we're going to see 
unit sales activity back to pre-COVID days, which seems like a very long time ago, even though it was less than two years, or just right about two years, depending on when you break it down for Pennsylvania, we're retreating back to where prices were high, prices are not retreating, and it's it's things aren't selling in like 36 hours, is, is kind of what he's talking about here. So in if that's what he predicts happening, how are you going to advise your clients in the market? Because I, I believe this. I'm clear he's absolutely right. Your strategy already, like 25 days we can get a home inspection. Soon it's going to be seven days we're going to be able to get a home inspection. Not quite now, but that's where it's trending. What do you two think about this? Because you were both practicing real estate before and after, and it was a quick learning curve for you, Sarah, very quick. Um, and Steve, obviously, been, been doing a lot longer. But I want to get your take on that because I, I'm clear Lawrence Yoon is on to something here, chief economist for NAR. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be making sure you're, as we touched on earlier, that your pre-approval is proper for what is currently going on. Um, Absolutely. If you look at some homes that have been out there for a little bit longer, I think that's going to give you an edge up. Um, But, you know, in whether it's during COVID times or pre-COVID times or now hopefully post-COVID times, um, you know, having that conversation with your buyer and finding out really what is most important. And then if you do find a home that does fit all of the all of the boxes um you know certainly you want to try and get everything for them that that you can but you know as if you've missed out on other offers or you've um you know stood in your own way a couple times i think still advising them on what could what's going to be your best case scenario to get the job done and then obviously to talk to the other side of the transaction and find out what's really important yeah for Love me it. for me i think it really comes down to this is what's going to for the real estate agents in the world, I think this is where the rubber really meets the road. And this is where, like, I've, I've said this to you multiple times, where I'd say even a turkey can fly in a hurricane. And right now, <laughs> every freaking person thinks they can sell a house. There's a bunch of people going out saying, I can get a real estate license. All I got to do is throw it out on the market and whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, a bunch of turkeys basically are flying around right now with all the eagles. And it's, it, they're taking up a lot of business. So basically what happens is when this inventory or the interest rates come up a little bit uh, and the inventory starts to slow down. The month supply goes up from 0.5 for ridiculous, as ridiculous as that is, um, to like a normal like three, four. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for reference, a flat mark for everyone listening, a flat market is six point yes. basically a balanced market between six months supply. Yeah, yeah, a six month supply MSI six month supply of inventory. Um, so if this thing even flirts with like three or four, we are going to be closer to like a more uh, balanced market here and that's when the hurricane's going to end and all the turkeys are going to hit the floor and then it's just going to be left with you know the eagles flying around here actually closing deals because they're better skilled they're more prepared for meetings they're more prepared they're better dressed they're better closing <laughs> skills mm-hmm. like i mean hey I, mean, I see some you guys are laughing a little bit but look, what i about, appreciate like, what no, you're I, talking I, I totally about like what that. about like how many yep. times have we walked in there out of a showing and the guy or the girl coming behind us like, i mean some guys i've yeah. seen like wearing like khaki shorts and flip-flops yep. and like a ripped t-shirt i'm like are you selling real estate right now like are you crazy like oh, we don't know if they sold anything to be clear <laughs> they're, they're showing real estate right. so. they're showing it yeah they're glorified door openers at that point but still like that's that's the um that's basically what i would say is like right now everybody even sellers i mean they're selling homes by owner like mm-hmm. as opposed to even hiring a real estate agent because it's that easy right now anybody can sell a home in this market it's the people who are preparing themselves now, increasing their skills now. So when the hurricane stops and the turkeys hit the ground, your wings are trained and you're one of the eagles still, excuse me, still uh, flying around and closing deals. Well, we're already seeing we're seeing the very beginning of this. We talked about it today, literally, that the number of agents for the first time in ten years with NAR declined mm. for the first time in a decade. 
it went from 1.539 million and change to, or excuse me, 1.559 million and change to 1.53 million. So 29,000 may not seem like a lot. It begins. It, it's it's the st- <laughs> well, it's the first time in 10 years, right? It's got to start somewhere. You look when when this peaked, right? Well, what happened in 2012? The market kind of came back around mm-hmm. after the 2008, you know, Great Recession, whatever they called it. And that's when people started getting licensed again because 2008 to 2012 were also those like duke it out, slugfest sort of deals. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen here. I'm not saying the housing market's going to crash. To your point, it's about skill. Um, we had a ton of people today. We had our quarterly meeting today, and we talked about what the experts are predicting, right? I think Ricky Carruth, mm-hmm. think what you want about the guy, he said that this is when the highest producers take market share. Mm-hmm. Tom Ferry talked about choosing your hard, and it's either skills or work in a hard market. I'm, I, I'm clear everyone in our organization, we're like, yes, I can't wait for this to happen because it's going to be easier to advise buyers. I mean, think about you just went through buying a home, right? Mm-hmm. How much time did you have to make a decision? Um, Not much at all. I mean, it's you go out there and if you want a chance, you you hop in. On the spot. <laughs> yep. So, so how, how did your husband feel about all this? Not you because you've been working it, but how did Eric feel about all this? Because I'm sure that was even though I'm sure you told him what was going on. Yeah. He knew you guys are married. You know, have a beautiful one year old girl. I think she just turned one. It was Mother's Yesterday. Day last year. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. So that's fun. That's awesome. I didn't remember the date, but at least I knew the holiday. Yeah, so yeah, that's, uh, that's better than most. Yeah. Um, but how how did he feel about that being on the other side? Because I think that's always an interesting conversation. He knew what to expect going out there. Um, because in addition to me, like prepping him, you know, he hears me in the evenings all the time when you're mm-hmm. talking to clients and you're, you know, going through all of the the yep. scenarios. So he he didn't know what to expect. I mean, we brought when we bought this house, we brought our contractor out with us. We waived inspections, we went over ask, we um, you know, really did all the things that um we at especially at that point, you know, needed to do in order to secure the property. So he was I mean, he was on board with with doing all of that. Plus, the home that we bought, we knew we were going to be doing a lot of renovations too. So, um, so he had more exposure than most. But I mean, so how did, how did Ashley feel about this? You guys bought a home, uh, I guess, it was like a little over a year ago. Did, was she kind of ready for this? Or yeah, I mean, she she knows because I mean, being married for a while and been dating for like ten years too prior to that. So like she she knows that like she's heard me like when I have good clients and then how much they talk, how much I like them and I talk about how cool they are or if there's, you know, there's troublesome clients that, to put it lightly, they, you know, I... I don't know what you're talking st- about, Steve. I've never had any, anyone <laughs> yeah, I like can't, that. I can't, like, she'll she'll hear me, like, complain about them and then she'll be like, so, you know, some she's like, Steve, I can never do your job. There's there's so many highs and lows and all this other stuff, but then there's, but she, but she been exposed to hearing my conversation she just like knew what it was about and like when she sees me win an offer or lose an offer she's being exposed to what's going on in the market so when it came down to getting our house she just said you know like it was just like go get the house and don't come home until you have it. <laughs> yeah. and that was that so, so your spouse i mean I'm, I'm asking because it's i think it's very real when you're on the other side or when you have some when you're going through these transactions and you know what, what i see happening is if this the market cools a little bit it's just gonna get a little easier for buyers they're gonna have like a yes. night to think about it mm-hmm. or a couple hours to think about it <laughs> yeah. right and yes it's still the job of the agent to prep them. And, and uh, Susan from our team said this, that every buyer should always be in a multiple offer situation, have that mindset mm-hmm. no matter what, because you don't know when another offer is going to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, I do agree with this. I do see the market starting to shift. I mean, I think we're all in agreement here that we're at the very beginning of this. Rates are up. All the experts are saying it. And more importantly, I think we're feeling it in the day to day. I mean, even though it's still competitive now, wait to see what happens come July. That's yeah. when I'm clear it's going to 
We're going to have this run that we go through the spring every year. I'm telling you, July is going to be when people go down the shore, they start relaxing a little bit, vacation time, and then the market's going to going to take a little more time for it to come back. And I think that's going to be an opportunity for a lot of these buyers and for the agents that are out there that have been training their people and speaking to them and getting in this dialogue, because this is going to have an impact. Affordability's up. Prices are going to continue to rise. We're at the end of this run. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any question there. The market's not going to go down. It's just not going to be like it was the past 24 months. Correct. Yeah. I, it's just, there's, I always say to my clients, this, real estate only goes one way. So and it's been that way for like 113 mm-hmm. years, and that outside of like the Great Recession, which mm-hmm. was a mortgage crisis, I mean, institutional came, failure. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Right. I mean, after that, I mean, and that, and that only lasted a few years. In 113 years, real estate has only gone one way. So even if you did buy at the quote unquote top of the market in 2008, if you didn't sell, then you didn't lose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally agree there. Well, imagine what those people are thinking now if it's 2022 and they're still in the house. I mean, that, that that's oh, when you yeah. do really well. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the T360 Summit, key takeaways from the CEOs that matter in real estate. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's Tom, Tool with an E, dot com. Sell your home for more and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. 
She's Stacey Mitchell. She's Sarah Time, and we've got Steve Bazzagani from our team here as well. Gabe is behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group with Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we are streaming live on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So we were just talking at the break. Last week, I had the privilege to attend the T360 Summit. So if you don't know what that is, think about like the biggest research firms that are out there for different industries. And this is what T360 is for real estate. They're a consulting firm. They come out with a report that's about three inches thick about all the trends in the industry, who the top brokerages are. All very, very detailed stuff. It's run by Stefan Swanpole. And the cool thing about this is that, that there's there's no media there. there it's, a, it's, a, it's an invite-only conference. I'm not sure how I got in, but I'm glad I'm there. And it's 16 CEOs back-to-back-to-back for anywhere from a half hour to an hour getting interviewed on stage. So it's not like a keynote. It's hard-hitting questions. The one I went to in 2019, they asked the CEO of Realogy about his stock price when it was $2. It's that kind of question that, that, that get, gets asked. So very good stuff there. And I noted four, to me, the four most important people I thought were there that had the best to say were Rich Barton from Zillow, Gary Keller from Keller Williams, Nick Bailey, who I got to sit down with, have on our uh, Agent Hacks podcast with Remax, and Gino Bofari, the CEO of Home Services, which is like Berkshire Hathaway, all those companies. And I'm just going to throw the notes I took to you three, and I just want to get some reaction on all four of them, because I found them to be the most interesting, the most compelling, and the most dynamic. So we'll start with Rich Barton. He always leads it off. He was like at 8 a.m. Um, and his talk was very different than when I saw him three years ago in 2019. They owned up to, hey, our iBuyer program failed miserably. He didn't say miserably, but that's basically what he said. <laughs> he also talked a lot about the Zillow Super app, how they're trying to build the end-to-end experience and getting all their affiliates involved, meaning – Zillow Home Loans, which we can talk about a little bit. We have a deal going on with them right now. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I, I got some in, intel there. Zillow Title, all, all the affiliated businesses, they're trying to you know bundle together. But to me, this was the biggest thing. He talked about that when Zillow wins, consumers win. And in order for consumers to win, Zillow's partners need to win. And it's not a zero-sum game. What do you three think about all that? And their partners are agents that they work with, to be very clear for everybody. I mean, I think it's them finally coming to see the light a little bit, whereas I think when – I think at least for the majority of the beginning of my career, they were, like, seen as the enemy of the real estate agent, and I think they portrayed themselves and saw themselves as that as well. And I think finally when they realized that a large corporation like that can't maximize or beat out a local real estate agent who lives in the market – and can walk someone through a house. And I think what they were trying to do is almost eliminate the real estate agent, which is not, you, people don't buy houses like they buy on Amazon. You can't just go look at a house online and hit add to shopping cart. It's not right. the same thing. <laughs> right. So like, and Zillow finally, I think, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And I think now is the when for them. They finally realized that they just can't beat out the local real estate agent. So now, okay, we can't beat them. So now let's, let's join them. And now it's basically, let's partner with the best of the best and let them do what they do best. Let the best do what they do best. And let's see how we can support them So in a situation where we can now work together and, and both win. And I think they finally just came to that realization. Yeah, they realized that um, real estate is about relationships. And you just you you need person to person that? contact. You know what I mean? It's like, great segue here yeah. to our final segment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you yeah. should have went exactly. last. <laughs> so when they realize that, and they, you know, they know how valuable 
the local agents are that come with the knowledge and come with the experience um, is if they can add tools to that and, and enhance that, then they could definitely have a, a total winning program. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a big enough um, pie there for them to certainly come out with their large chunk that they're that they're going to be looking for. And um, I know we talked the other week about how they're going to be very selective with agents that they continue to work with. So they want to make sure they have the right pieces in place. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they'll they'll want everybody to, to kind of work together, get the job done and do that as long as they can make that work. So I, I agree with everything you said. This is the first time I've heard this from Rich Barton. Their previous CEO, Spencer Raskoff, was very pro-agent. Um, I mean, he's, you know, we, we've heard that before. Rich Barton, you know, he, he founded Expedia. They kind of put travel agents out of business. He, he kind of has an opinion of realtors that I don't think is unfounded, but his experience just kind of sucked when he bought his home after he moved overseas. We've all heard of these before. I mean, we deal with all, we can't, I mean, we, we, we've worked with so many folks, just the four of us at the table here that had a bad experience with another agent, and then they came and we were able to help them. So I get that part. What he underestimated were people like us, people that are that are really committed to helping folks, that are professionals, that are ready to deliver the proper service that's needed. And look, they, they had to come this way because they got their asses kicked with the iBuying program. They lost a ton of money. Now, it's a blip on the radar because they've got a huge multi-billion dollar market cap. It's the first time they've come around and said this. Susan Daimler, their president, said that a couple weeks ago. We talked about it, I think, uh, last week on the show, that real estate agents are essential. And without them, I don't see how they collect their referral fee with Flex Partners. I mean, it's that if you can't, if you have a bad agent that's your partner, it doesn't matter what you think of them. If they can't close a suitcase or they can't, you know, I mean, they can't work with someone properly and explain the process, it's that the consumer's going to say no. The consumer's going to say no to them, not Zillow. So I found that to be pretty insightful. Um, what I do anticipate is that like Zillow home loans is going to be the next thing they start pushing. Like we're going to see a lot of that. Um, I'm a little skeptical on Zillow home loans, and I'll tell you why. We have a transaction in process right now where the buyer is working with one of our listings. You know, guess where the appraiser came from from Zillow home loans? Buffalo. San Francisco. Buffalo. I think oh you knew. <laughs> Buffalo, New York. How, and they're appraising homes here in. In yeah, Pennsylvania. That no. doesn't make sense. We've talked about this before. So, I, Sarah, good work on remembering there. <laughs> it was like Jeopardy. Buffalo. Like, <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, I, I'm a little skeptical there, just like I am with any big bank. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and, and I'm going to, again, push the local card here. I do like to see Zillow coming around, selfishly, because we are flex partners, number one. But then also, three-quarters of the, of the country is using the app right now. So you want to kind of be in front of those people and then put them into your database. And I think mm -hmm. that that's the play for real estate agents here. So... This, to me, is really great news for any real estate agent that's out there right now. I, I love this. Sounds like you guys are all on board. So let's go to number two. Gary Keller from Keller Williams. Love Gary Keller. I think he's one of the best minds in the business. He had three things that I heard, and I'll, I'll get your feedback on him here. One is that if you're not nurturing leads, you're just spinning your wheels right now. And when he talks about lead nurturing, it means like follow-up, basically. He also said agents are willing to give up money to, to uh, give up money so they can also give up the administrative side of their business and focus on selling, and that the team brokerage is the new trend we're going to see in 2022 and beyond. What do you guys think about that? I agree. I mean, lead nurturing definitely. That's always been we, that. what we've seen. That I think even more the past like two months, mm -hmm. let alone mm -hmm. two years. Yeah, you, you definitely have to to keep those connections. Um, Agents willing to give up money to to alleviate or delegate the admin side of the business? Oh, 100%.
for sure. Yeah, I mean, we were talking to um, Michael from our team last week, and he came over from um, not a team environment. And, I mean, all of those additional behind-the-scenes steps are just – they would absolutely boggle you down. Yes, especially when he was talking about his listings. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Overwhelming. The checklists that yes. you would need <laughs> to get through. We have them all. You just don't have to do it. But right, right. So, now, I mean, I think I probably have a better perspective. And Steve, I'm imagining you do. Like, doing the admin work, like, that's not the highest and best use of your time. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather just go sell another house. And, I mean, you know, I, I remember vividly, like, doing, like, brochures at 930 at night on a house. And I'm, like, sitting there and I'm, like, what the hell am I doing with my life here? Like, this is what what's going on. And, like, you're falling asleep. And yeah. mm-hmm. so I found that to be pretty insightful. A lot of people, like, he, he said a lot of stuff that I think people have accepted in the industry, but they don't want to come out and say publicly. Yeah. He says the quiet part out loud. Basically, which I like. Yes, if you've met Gary, that's kind of his mo. It's fine. I mean, it. it, it, You know, how about that? Nurture your and follow up with your your leads. That's crazy, isn't it? I mean, mean, so like the thing is, I mean, that's 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 a principle, and principles last through time. Whether it's COVID, not COVID, Great Recession, not Great Recession, booming times, principles withstand the test of time. And to follow up with your leads as a as a sales statistic, I think it was like the most sales occur after the fifth or sixth touch. It's like mm-hmm. 80% of sales occur. That didn't change. That's still the same. So just basically what he's really saying is just keep doing what you're doing. Be a good follow-up real estate agent, and you'll continue to have good success. And if you don't follow up, then you won't sell crap. <laughs> well said. We're going to clip that into a reel. You like That's that? Be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be out for you next week. So what I find interesting here, though, with all this is that it's a lot of like back to basics, and I think that that's what we've been talking about a lot on the show here when it comes to the real estate part, but also like internally, the people that are doing the basics are the ones that are winning right now because I think it got too easy the past couple years, which leads me to the third takeaway from Nick Bailey, which is most agents are renting their business right now. So when you hear that, I explained it to you guys today because we had a, we had a meeting earlier. What, what what comes to mind when you hear that? Um, I would say that there's some agents that don't even know that it's their business or they don't treat it as a business maybe, um, or they don't realize what growing a business is all about. I, you know, that's how I see, but renting their business means it's just temporary. Yeah. That's great. I think it's like in that book, E-Myth, uh, Revisited, I, Michael Gerber wrote it. They basically talks about working on your business as working instead of working in it all the time. If you're in it, then you just get boggled down versus if you're working on it, you're, you own it, you grow it. You're, you know, it's taking responsibility and, and ownership. It's just like a house, basically. It's mm-hmm. you control it versus not controlling it. So what Nick Bailey also said, and this will probably speak to Steve, you especially here, that ninety four percent of buyers at the at the closing table they say they would use their agent again. Only thirteen percent do. So in the in the in the mm-hmm. a lot of things we're going to talk about here the rest of the show. But what Gary Keller said, nurturing your leads, because I don't think lead nurturing ends when you close the sale. And if that you think that way, we'll gladly take your clients off your hands for you after they close, and we'll just work with them later. I mean, does that, does that speak to you at all? Because I think when, when I hear that, I, I, I hear agents aren't taking ownership in their business. They're not going out and trying to make things happen. They're just waiting for things to happen to them. And it's kind of like when you get like a maintenance request as a renter. Just call the landlord management company and say, hey, the shower's leaking, instead of taking ownership and fixing the problem. Mm-hmm. There, there's not a lot of personal responsibility when you're renting versus it does when you're owning a home. And that to me is, I would say that's probably one of the most accurate things I've heard in a long time, especially the past two years, because we've seen how many people have gotten into the business. Mm-hmm. They, they sell a couple homes because they happen to catch the right call at the right time instead of actually going out and, and doing the deal themselves. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. All right, number three or number four here, and then we'll uh, take a quick break, and we're going to come back and talk about relationships and how they'll help you in your business and in your personal life. Very good segue there. So Gino Blafari of Home Services, um, and I, I know Gino. I've met him a couple times. He came out and said two things. Um, the second one I found very interesting. Doing the same thing does not lead to the same result when you're in the middle of a shift, which I, I, I agree with totally there. But secondly, brokerages, very different than teams, but brokerages are falling short because agents are going out and paying coaches for the things they should be getting from their brokerage. What do you three think about that? Well, I think that, um, you know, I think agents are finding out that they do need skills. <laughs> and, you know, you if you've been in this business and you can watch other people grow and, and you know, I've seen, I've had people ask me, you know, what does your team do? What kind of training do you get? And I think that's really, really important because if you're not making the strides and making um, the advances that you want, you do need to be coached or you need some, some mentorship. Um, if you're working in a brokerage firm and they don't, you know, they don't, you don't have that opportunity. They don't provide that type of service. You're going to look outside and, and get your own coaching. Um, if you want to advance, if you want to build your business. So I think that uh, some of these, the brokerage firms, maybe there's some smaller ones that, um, you know, maybe their leadership's a little older or they don't understand the whole coaching philosophy um, or they're just providing basically a brick and mortar place for agents to hang uh, their license and they don't know these things, then um, I think that's where some of these agents could be falling short. Um, and that's why they go and seek you know, mentorship somewhere else and coaching. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you're if you're not being um, helped in a way to show what is going to work now and in the future and you're just relying on like some things that had worked in the past um, and then you you see other agents getting all of this other training and um, up to date information and ideas and skills and and things, you're going to pretty quickly realize that you're at a disadvantage if you're not up there getting buffed up on what's currently going on um, and that you would if you're going to stay in the business you're going to have to seek that out i mean realistically there's an 87 percent failure rate in five years we, we all know mm -hmm. the stats and i mean you think about right now and just being able to articulate what's happening in the economy what interest rate hikes mean just like the conversation we just had most agents can't have that conversation right now they don't take the time to know they just want to go sell another house instead of building a relationship with someone they can trust and then having that trust kind of kind of come out. And it's really, to me, relationships with your agent are going to be so important, especially as we move ahead into this different market. Because, look, the stock market's a little volatile right now. The Fed's been all over the place. I mean, not all over the place. It's been very clear. We're raising rates. Here's what's going to happen. We're seeing that there's still highly competitive offer situations. You have to take an approach like Steve takes or like we've talked about, like 30 days on the market the new 90 days on the market, mm -hmm. kind of. If you can't articulate that and someone just keeps losing out on offer after offer or their home's not selling and you can't have that tough conversation and you don't have the training to support that and know what to say and how to say it, I, I, don't, I don't know how you're going to stay in business because mm -hmm. it's easy to say, oh, of course they should do that. But if the delivery's wrong, mm -hmm, you know, right. just your body language sucks or you're, you, you, you talk at someone instead of have a conversation with them, no, one, no one's going to buy in. So I, I couldn't agree with what Gino said more there. Any other feedback on this or you want to kind of break and then get back to the relationship side? All right, so we're going to do that. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and Steve Bazagany from our team, amazing agent, helps onboard our new people. 
And if you're interested in getting your real estate license, Steve would be the guy that would handle it personally. It's realestatescholarshipprogram.com if you don't have a license. Great way to get in touch with our team and get into the industry. We're going to come back and talk about the importance of relationships and how people can use certain practices business-wise and in their personal life to improve everything that's going on. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand-new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool sales group at REMAX mainline at tomtool.com. That's tomtoolwithane.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time and she's Stacey Mitchell. And we've got Steve Bazagani, super agent, onboarder, nice guy, although he was ripping me at the break. <laughs> when we all work with the Tom Tool sales group at uh, Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we had an interesting segue here. And this is something I know we've been doing internally as an organization, as a team. And it's over-indexing on our relationships. A lot of people say your network is your net worth. You've heard all these terms before. And what Steve wants to talk about is the importance of relationship, but more importantly, specific principles in both business and personal aspects that can help improve your life at a macro level. So, Steve, why don't you tell us all what that means, and then we'll kind of go from there, and I'm sure the ladies are going to have some questions. Okay. So, I basically what I do is I I, my actually – because we talked about coaching earlier, I was coached by a guy who taught me how to work by referral, which was the difference. For, but there's a difference between um, working by referral and uh, working by word of mouth. Like word of mouth is very passive. You just kind of 
take whatever comes in and you know work with it versus working by referral is a very intentional outreach to build a relationship with the people that you work with and it's a proactive way to generate leads so that's the way that's the way I was taught to do real estate which is that was my 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 bread and butter basically so what for me when it came to building relationships it was like how do I get creative to do something face to face with the clients that I have and as well as the lead generation methods that I use as well so versus like a Zillow lead that comes in it you know I have different rankings for every lead so like a Zillow lead is like a four out of ten versus like a referral which is like a nine or a ten out of ten because you they come ready to sign a contract those people it's just like you don't have to uh, work as hard to close them because they come with a review of you already and it's a five-star review most of the time so it's like they're already ready to go uh, and then it's also more fun. It makes the job more fulfilling. It makes the people are more enjoyable. They're a lot like, because they're friends of a past client of yours, they are a lot, a lot like that client. So, you know, and people you don't want referrals from, they just obviously don't get the, the A-plus treatment. <laughs> so you don't want those referrals. <laughs> real, real talk here on Tool Time Radio. <laughs> right, yeah. So if you guys don't, so if I ever sell you a home and I'm not reaching out to you afterwards, it's well, it's because <laughs> it's because I didn't like you. <laughs> no, I'm just messing around. So anyway, uh, but basically, so as far as building relationships go, um, basically, anytime I sell anybody a home, whether I liked you or not or anything like that, I basically put you into a a uh, 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 a follow up service. It's called the after sale program, and then basically you get a series of touches throughout the year, and um, basically. Uh, it could be gifting. It could be, uh, it could be events. It could be just personal handwritten notes that you get every two or three months. Uh, anything like that is where I build a relationship. And then every like Gary Keller, who you met with at your uh, service mm-hmm. or at your uh, event, uh, he talks about talking, touching a uh, a client thirty three times per year uh, on a marketing level. So that's basically what I try to do. Is like I have a mailing that goes out on the first of the month, and then I have an email that goes out to them that is related to the mailing that goes out on the first of the month. So just right there, that's 24 touches right there. Then I have a personal note that I handwrite to them every two months, every 60 days. So that's like another six touches right there. Uh, So I'm already at 30. Now I just have to be creative and come up with three on my own. And that's at the bare minimum. Now, obviously, we have I have four client events per year, once a quarter. Uh, and that's a good way to to do multiple face to face because this like at this point I'm at like 250 clients and to go see every one of them face to face is way too much time impossible it, impo- it is impossible and so basically I have to come up with ways to get in front of them and I do events like that so like I just had a, a event a client event where I have uh, people come to the me and a, a couple of other professionals that I work with to help sell homes we split a club box at uh, the Phillies game. And basically had all we had forty clients of mine come out to go to the box and basically watch the game. So I got to see forty clients and their friends uh, for in like three hour time period versus I would have never been able to do forty clients in three hours. And so giving back to my clients is the best way to do it. Um, now this also it comes with as far as like the gifts that I give people are also very important too because when it comes to gifting, I think this is somewhere. Uh, I mean, this is where a lot of people struggle a lot, uh, especially. I'm, I'm, I'm not to be like sexist, but men are not very good at this. We, we, we just like want the gift, and like we just like we don't pay attention to the details. Like we don't look at the bow or the wrapping, and we just like, what's the gift? Give it, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like I, we don't really look at it. So, um, so like I just basically what you have to do to be over the top a little bit is you want to make sure you give the gift uh, 
properly. And and when I say that, I mean like puts it's a mentor of mine named John Rulin who wrote the book Giftology. He actually says it's not the thought that counts; it's the thoughtful thought that counts. Because you can actually spend money, uh, and a lot of this is a lot of real estate agents do this where they'll give a gift with their own logo on it. It'll be like you'll get. I don't know, like nobody a pen- cares. Yeah. yeah, a pencil sharpener, a T-shirt that says Remax Mainline, like with the, with the Remax logo on it. I mean, with all due respect, anytime I've gotten any, I, we as real estate agents are the target of many mortgage lenders. How many times have we gone to an event where a mortgage lender will give you quote unquote swag, which stands for <laughs> stuff we all get? By the way, S W A G, stuff we all get. So like, if we, if, I mean, even as someone giving the gift, if you're giving something, hey, here's a swag bag. Like even the the giver is like. Oh, here it is. Here's a swag bag. Here's some stuff we all get. Like, even the recipient's going to be like, oh, cool. Like, awesome. Thanks. That's awesome. Uh, and the, they'll throw it away. It'll, they'll donate it to Goodwill or something like that. Uh, so it's not something that they're actually going to uh, actually keep and cherish. So the goal is when you do give a gift, and this is what I learned from John Rulin in his gifting um, book, uh, is to instead of giving, you know, in, instead of giving just a rather swag or something like that, you want to give somebody what's called an artifact. And by by that, I mean like, Something that if their house was burning, they would want to run back into the house to get it and give it to their family members and friends for generations. So because it's a family artifact. So like uh, John Rulin actually gave Tony Robbins to get access to him. He he printed out onto a set of steak knives a bunch of quotes from Tony Robbins and put them onto every steak knife in the set and then sent them to him. And then Tony Robbins's wife called up and was like, yo, that is the best gift we've ever received. It's got all of Tony's quotes <laughs> on these Cutco knives and they're good knives. Um, like this is awesome. Like I was like, wow, that's that's really legit. So I, I actually put Cutco into my inventory where I start drawing from because I got a pair of scissors from John Rowland once, and it had my uh, last name engraved on the scissors. And I, here I am talking about him on the radio seven years later, and that's just because it's got a pair of scissors with my name on it, as opposed to his name. Like, if it was just like if it just said like Rowland Group on it, I would have been like, ah, whatever. I mean, they're good, I guess, but I'm not. It's a it's a good quality item. So. That's basically what I do. And everything, like when it comes to giving things to people, the goal is it's not just to make an impression. Because if you give alcohol like at, or like a champagne bottle at, at closing, which is what so many real estate agents do, and it drives me up a freaking wall, uh, one, it's going to get consumed and forgotten about. Two, what if they don't drink? Three, what if they have a family member who's an alcoholic who maybe they're sensitive to that? Like there's all kinds of things that are wrong with that. And let's just say they do like alcohol and they're good with champagne. That's one positive impression. So like versus like, and if you're giving swag or something with your logo on it, something that's absolute trash that they're not going to tell you that it's a nice gift, they're going to be like, oh, thank you, and then they're going to turn around and throw it in the trash. Um, so you're when you do that, like when you give swag, you're actually paying money to make a negative impression, which that if I if I put that in a business strategy and, and pitched it to you, you'd be like, are you out of your mind? I'm not going to pay money to make negative impressions. Like, what, are you crazy? <laughs> but then again, so many people are doing that. Um, so what you want to do is, using the artifact principle that we talked about is when you give an artifact, you are making a positive impression 365 days a year because they're using it every day. They're thinking of you every time they pick it up, even though your name and logo is not on it. So like John Rule and the scissors that he gave me, I've been thinking about this guy for freaking seven years <laughs> <laughs> because he's these pair of scissors. Every time I pull them out, they've got my last name on them and they're damn good scissors. And he's I'm like, wow. Um, so here I am talking about it, but like, and, and the gifts I give my clients, they're all custom made to them. They're world-class items. Like there's their paintings of their house that they're like a client of mine who has their wedding coming up on May 21st. Uh, Did you I get got, invited? 
no, <laughs> but I might that I might now. <laughs> but so like I, they um so like I put a little reminder into my phone to like be like okay they are getting married and this is where being a really good real estate agent is is where you start this is where the listening skills come up because like when you're listening to things you find out oh we're about to get married so we want to buy a house I'm like wait a minute you're about to get married when is the wedding like I want to know these things where is it tell me everything like this because we are as real estate agents we have like several different hats like we we have like um. Like we're psychologists, we're babysitters, we're we're uh, private investigators, we're everything. So, giving all that stuff, uh, I think what we want to do is um, just focus on giving positive impressions. And uh, and when you investigate people enough, you can send gifts. Like I sent those people uh, champagne flutes with their names. It was mm-hmm. like Matt, groom, date of wedding, Annie, uh, wedding, all that stuff, wedding date, bride on it. Like it was custom to them. It's memorable. Good stuff. Quick question. How long did it take you to get your sphere to the level it's at now? Between one and three years, probably. One and three years. So I think everyone needs to kind of take note. This is the long game. He's doing it really well, but it does take a little bit of time. We're getting played out. Steve, thanks for coming on. If people want to follow Steve, you can follow him at what it's Phil- at, at Philadelphia Real Estate Agent. At We're Philadelphia Real Estate Agent on Instagram. You can follow Stacy at the number two Mitchco. You can follow Sarah at Ty underscore Ty Time. That's T Y underscore T Y T I M E. You can follow me at Tom Tool 3RD at Tom Tool the third. And that's what we got this week on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.